Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever live mic podcast. I'm your host, Mike Beck. I am a contributor to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and I've been writing with them for some time now. I am extremely excited to bring you this brand new podcast to anywhere you get your podcast from. Um, I guess I should just start by introducing myself and where I started in football and how my journey has brought myself here. I guess we'll start off playing football at a young age, eventually work my way up to playing university in Division II. Um, short stint there after time was done. I unfortunately could not make it to your Pittsburgh Steelers. In fact, wasn't really close. But after then, I made a quick stop at journalism school, picked up a nice little expensive piece of paper from there. After graduation, I did work for a couple local teams. However, it was always my love of the Pittsburgh Steelers that made me really want to come back. I sent a quick message out to our editor, Jeff Hartman, and he liked my work enough that he gave me a shot, and here I am today hosting a podcast for you. Before we get started, I just want to let you know what you can expect from this show each and every time you click on the live mic. I love doing interviews, be it with players, alumni, even you, the fan. If you've checked on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com recently, you will have seen an exclusive interview with the Steelers' second-round pick, Chase Claypool. I did conduct that, and it's still on the website. If you haven't already seen it, I suggest you go check it out. But maybe just wait until this show is completed. And what I was saying with the fan, each and every week, I'd love to spotlight one of you. Today, we got Ellie Finnerty. She's a more prominent member of Steelers Twitter. And you know what? You could be that next person on the next show. Just be following along, doing your thing online, and you could expect a DM from me. I love to get each and every one of you on here if I could, but we do have a little time restraint and we'll get to one a week. Being the new show, I figured might as well talk about the new players, harmonize it all together. Starting off in free agency, what an ad Eric Ebron was. A guy that put up ridiculous numbers in the past. He has shown at times struggling with injuries and, well, catching the pass, but he does have that ability to absolutely explode and take over games. His size is outstanding. He's a matchup nightmare, and he's someone that I think kind of united Steelers Nation in a free agency signing, namely because he costs so little, and there is an out in year two if he doesn't perform. With Big Ben coming back, I could see Eric Ebron being a big-time producer, possibly even going back to form when he scored, I believe, 14 touchdowns with the Indianapolis Colts just a couple seasons ago. Then the other big-time ad, I would say, as much as a fullback ad, is, is Derek Watt. TJ's middle brother is an absolute special teams phenom and someone who I think Steelers Nation will absolutely love. He's hard-nosed, hard-working. Recently, Kristen 44 is going to be someone that I think we can all be excited about, even on special teams, but just actually playing the game. He is getting paid a pretty penny for a fullback. Three and a half million dollars is uh, is a fair amount to be spending, even though Roosevelt Nix was close to that number. It's only about another half million more to be spending on the position. But uh, it is a contract that some people might point to if uh, the team does suffer to sign other players in the future. However, it really doesn't change too much. I think he's a glue guy, someone that uh, TJ obviously loves and respects, being that it is his brother. And I think he really is a guy that this fan base will rally behind. Next, we got Steven Wisniewski. I think that might be one of the 
more sneaky ads of this offseason. Obviously, having to replace Ramon Foster is no easy task. But uh, I think a Penn State alum, a local kid, two-time Super Bowl champ on a really team-friendly deal, like you cannot go wrong with Steven Wisniewski, especially that guard position. He allows the uh, rookies, the new players coming in, some time to kind of develop in NFL players. He might even just be a stopgap player, only starting, who knows, maybe just a couple games to start the season. It'll probably be more just kind of based off the... COVID-19 pandemic and just how the rookies won't really have as much time practicing on field with no rookie camps, of course, and who knows what is going to happen moving forward. But say if we think the season is going to move ahead, I think Steven Wisniewski is definitely a kind of guy that you could expect to even start that guard position. I think that more so because of that Kevin Dotson draft, a player we will get to later. But uh, I think those two add added players will keep Matt Filer out of tackle. Um, and then uh, the other players along that offensive line will probably stay in the positions that they were last year. I guess the last ad, veteran ad, that I want to touch on is Chris Warmly. Namely because it's a trade with the Baltimore Ravens. When the heck has that ever happened before in the past? That was one of the most surprising moves to me of the offseason when I saw Pittsburgh had a trade with Baltimore. My jaw nearly hit the floor. Didn't really know what to expect, but I guess it's kind of one of those win-win deals for either team. Uh, Of course, giving up a fifth-round pick does kind of sting, namely because Baltimore was able to turn their own fifth round pick into Calais Campbell. Same position. I know it's kind of it's kind of hard to swallow that we could have brought in a player of that caliber, but Wormley is pretty good in the run game, and he is someone that is listed as a nose tackle, mind you. We'll see the field a lot, and I think he'll be a little more productive than most of us expect. Um, with a trade like this, kind of going back to a, a season ago when the Steelers traded for Nick Vanette, I think if you're going to deal these picks, you got to re-sign your player it's just kind of a waste, um, especially because these low round picks, you could always buy a one year rental of players, especially in the NFL. You don't really see this in many other leagues, but the overvaluing of draft picks, um, those later rounds, sometimes you can pluck an absolute all star, all pro that you know is going to help your team, be it for one season or maybe even longer. But when you're making trades for kind of fringe starters, I think you have to go all out in re-signing them. So hopefully Warmly will uh, be effective in Pittsburgh and can have a decent long career. Hopefully he can terrorize his former Baltimore club. Obviously Warmly is a big Steelers fan growing up, so I'm happy that we're able to pluck him out of enemy territory. Now moving over to our draft class, someone I did talk about a little bit earlier was Chase Claypool. I think this is a fantastic ad. His numbers may not be very flashy this year. Obviously, he will not have as much time on field with Big Ben as some of the receivers in the past. That being said, he's going to see some outstanding matchups. I cannot say that enough when it comes to size. There's already those big tight ends in the middle going to eat up those bigger defenders. When it comes to speed, he has it to burn. I believe he actually has the fastest 40 out out of every single receiver on the roster he may not play that fast however he does have that speed capability um and that's 
super exciting. I think uh, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and even James Washington will help separate Claypool from defensive backs and pull some outstanding matchups. I think his numbers will be boosted a little bit, just kind of running go routes. Anything deep, really, just because he'll face a lot of one-on-ones and not a ton of safety help. I think Claypool could have a lot of those splash plays that were missing a season ago and will greatly impact this offense, especially in the red zone. On the other side of the ball, their third round pick, Alex Highsmith. I think this is one of the biggest steals of this draft. Um, Especially when you're coming from a small school, you typically don't get rated too high. However, Highsmith is a guy that can step in right away and produce big sack numbers, I believe. Um, As a pass rushing threat, I I don't think the team will really expect him to do much on first and second down. But I think anytime. TJ or Bud Dupree will need a spell off the field. I think Highsmith can hold his own no problem, especially in the passing game. I think he's a, he's a guy that can kind of boost that third outside linebacker spot. Of course, Anthony Ciccolo only had a half sack a season ago, which is, uh, honestly is frustrating when you're watching the game and you're just screaming at the TV knowing the QB is going to have all day to throw if, if a D tackle doesn't get home. So I think Highsmith is a guy that really helps the team and it doesn't just necessarily make the offense audible into an automatic passing snap looking at who's on the outside linebacking pass rushing formation. Back to the offensive side of the ball. We got Anthony McFarlane, the speedster running back. I think this is another one of those sneaky ads. His numbers may not be as great, but I think he's someone who could develop in the offense a little bit faster, especially working with Matt Cannon in the past. Um, Of course, also being a teammate of one Mike Tomlin's son at uh, Maryland. Now, I think McFarlane is a guy that I've seen some people talk very highly about. Um, They've also question his character. However, I don't think you draft a player like that that highly if you don't already have some inside intel, which I do believe the team did, obviously, with Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin's son. Matt Canada will implement some of his famous uh, jet sweep motions. He will inject some creativity in this offense. Whether or not uh, you are a believer in the offense or not, I think creativity will spike, especially with Big Ben back. Uh, he is someone who will dial up his own plays. So I think the combination of Ben and Matt Canada's offensive creativity and his familiarity with Anthony McFarlane can see him playing some pretty pretty significant minutes for someone taken in the fourth round. Um, I think he can be effective out of the backfield in the passing game. I think he can take the ball and be a change of pace back when it comes to running game, especially when you kind of predict what the final roster will look like at running back. He may be the only non-power, non-one cut back on the club. So I think he'll be someone who can see uh, that kind of explosiveness that even a Kareth White saw a year ago, putting up 126 yards on not a lot of carries. Kareth White, uh, I think he was so good because he was just unlike anything else that the Steelers were producing. So getting a guy like McFarland, who has a little bit more experience, a little bit more explosiveness, and he showed it before against Ohio State, one of the craziest games I've ever seen against them. Even though they didn't win that game, it was uh, one of the most impressive performances. Um, I think McFarland can be a contributor, which is something you will hear a lot when I talk about the top four picks of this draft. The Steelers obviously went high on potential, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially going into a season where not a lot of the players are going to get tons of reps, obviously due to the pandemic. But 
I think moving into the future, these guys will contribute more and more and more size, speed, character is very high in this draft. Um, and it should be an exciting one. Don't get too down if their stats aren't crazy in 2020. Um, believe it or not, I think uh, this class will develop into one of them that we talk about for years to come, especially with the next guy, Kevin Dotson. What a mauler. I obviously didn't get the combine invite. The first guy drafted not invited the combine that doesn't matter watch the guy's tape he is so heavy-handed his footwork is pretty good he is someone who's an absolute road grader and i think could be staple on this offensive line he will take over from stefan wisniewski and i think he'll pair up extremely well next to marquis pouncey and uh, opposite of david DeCastro at those guard spots i think he's someone who can boost this offense and help this running game develop into the future for even another decade i think he is someone who uh surprisingly was there for as long as he was and someone that even I didn't give too much love to heading into the draft but after watching more and more and more film he is someone that I've just absolutely fallen in love with and one of the prospects that I'm most excited about going into the future um next year we got uh, Antoine Brooks obviously college teammate of Anthony McFarlane um, this one's a little more tricky. However, I do expect he makes a roster because the Steelers are extremely thin after Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds at the safety position. He is someone who could absolutely take over the safety three spot and play both free and strong, as well as coming down into the linebacking spots, depending on the formation. Um, I think he is someone that uh, could definitely step in for uh, Vince Williams when it comes to passing situations, um, just to get the best players on the field, depending on the situation. Um, I think Brooks, again, isn't someone that should be seeing a ton of playing time on the defensive side of the ball, just namely being a six-round pick. You don't don't normally see that. Um, Saying anything more than that would be a surprise, but because they are so thin and he can contribute on special teams, I could absolutely see Brooks staying on this on this team, surviving his entire rookie deal and not actually ending up in the practice squad at all. He is someone uh, that the team is obviously high on, and uh, someone that I think could develop into one of those uh, more more prevalent pieces on that defensive front years down the road. Lastly, on our list here of new players, we got uh, Carlos Davis, the D-tackle slash nose tackle. This one's going to be tricky. Of course, a seventh-round pick. Most of the time, they do not make an impact. I, I can't disagree with the trend. I think Davis is someone who is prime member uh, to end up on that practice squad, regardless of the depth at that nose tackle position. Kevin Colbert and other members of the Steelers organization have not spoken highly of the position, saying that, and I'm uh, paraphrasing here, they are saying that the nose tackle is kind of a dying spot in the NFL. And then taking that into consideration and seeing who they already have on the roster, of course, Tuit and Cam at the top, uh, a few other guys like Wormley and Alu Alu and draft picks from years prior already there. It's kind of hard seeing Davis cracking the roster. Of course, that 53-man roster on game days expanded to 55, but even then, I don't think it'll be enough unless some sort of injuries were to happen. I don't think Davis will actually see the field as a rookie. That doesn't mean he can't get there in the future. I think my absolute favorite 
add this offseason, and I am a bit biased saying this, is definitely Chase Claypool. Um, he is someone that I experienced play his entire career, which I don't think too many people in, uh, well, in basically all the football realm could say because we are from the same town uh, here locally. He is someone uh, that just a couple years younger than me. I got to experience his entire career um, playing university at uh, SFU uh, local school, the only division two school in all of Canada um, and quite close to uh, Claypool's hometown of Abbotsford. He was someone that I remember our coaches being extremely high on thinking that this kid kind of hidden away in this small and I'm saying small school in Canada where players shouldn't be getting plucked out of, got absolutely plucked out of to Notre Dame, one of the biggest, obviously, programs in the world, regardless how you feel about the Notre Dame program. It is one of the elite of the elites. So watching his film, watching our coaches just gush over him back then even, and he was, I believe, just a junior in high school the first time I ever saw his tape. Of course, a couple years later, we ended up training together, and he is every bit of 6'4". There is no lying here. This is no Antonio Brown being 5'10", when he probably is closer to 5'8". But he is every bit of it. He is that tall. He is that fast. He is... He, he has that work ethic and he does have that Canadian personality. He is humble. He is he will work hard and he's not someone that's ever going to get in trouble. Um, he is that guy that uh, I think this franchise will look at as one of the receivers that actually find themselves with a second contract, which is extremely rare. Maybe even Juju Smith-Schuster might not even see that second contract at receivers. Antonio Holmes didn't get it. Mike Wallace didn't get it. Emmanuel Sanders didn't get it. Antonio Brown did, but if you look at the numbers he was putting up at the time, it obviously made sense. But I think Claypool has absolutely all the potential to uh, receive that second deal. Um, I really don't have a least favorite ad um, or a least favorite draft pick. Uh, I think there was guys that I was high on, but uh, I think the team hit every single spot they really needed to. Um, and with that, I think uh, I think most of these new guys will make an impact, whether or not this season moving down the road. Um, I'm also super excited about the Derek Watt signing, not so much for the position and kind of the production that it comes with, but... Obviously, with the rumors of the the third Watt brother, the the big guy, JJ, obviously, um, still has two years left on his deal, but you see how they interact on Twitter. You see how they interact on their ultimate tag show. They uh, they are one of the tightest-knit families I can honestly say I ever seen. I'd be stunned if they went their entire careers without being t- teammates and the Steelers already having two of the three it would make the most sense that they all end up at Pittsburgh if they do actually compete together. You might think, oh, what he still has stuff to prove for Houston. I really don't think he does. He uh, he raised so much money for that city, obviously, after the devastating hurricanes. He's uh, been stand-up for the organization, and obviously Bill O'Brien, I think, is not steering the ship in the correct Direction and I think is only going to hurt the team's ability to compete for championships. JJ33 is going to want to compete to win those titles. I could absolutely see him 
uh, suiting up for Pittsburgh to play with his brothers and a shot at a title, depending on kind of where the team is at. But I think uh, his bond with his brothers um, is something that is special and could lead to this team uh, acquiring a third brother. I think that's uh, a good idea for a story. Um, keep your eyes glued to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That is definitely something I'll look at uh, moving forward. Now, it's uh, something I talked about a little bit earlier. It's time for our first ever fan spotlight. Uh, this week, uh, I kind of just perused the internet and uh, someone that I found, uh, Ellie Finnerty. You definitely probably seen her on Twitter before because uh, she is quite popular. You're actually one of the people I discover most frequently anytime I kind of open any sort of message or tweet online. Your name's usually right around the top. How, how do you manage to do that? Do you have every single Steelers outlet notifications on? Do you know, I actually have um, my no- all my notifications turned off. So um, I guess I'm just on the app too much. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I uh, completely agree. Uh, I think Twitter uh, never actually closes. <laughs> but, right, uh, I agree. Um, I, I guess kind of what is it like having some sort of fame on uh, Steelers Twitter? Um, you know, I definitely wouldn't by any means call myself like one of the famous accounts. There are some accounts with numbers that I'm like, wow, I don't know how you keep up with that. But um, I guess it, I'm kind of lucky that the people that, follow me and and I follow them they're just very interactive and so I really like that like I do love that the people that that follow me seem to actually want to talk to me and I like talking to them about all stuff Steelers even if we don't agree on things so I I really love that and I feel like I found like a nice little group of people that feel as passionate as I do like I said we don't always agree but we always have like good conversations. So I really love that a lot, actually. That's good. I'd be surprised if you actually had uh, conversations where you agreed every single time. Uh, Steelers Twitter can be a, a bit of a mess sometimes. But, Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I guess one of your most famous followers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, actually follows you. How, how did you manage yes. that? I, have, I honestly have no idea. I wasn't even tweeting about him that day. This was like back in March and it just randomly came up and I was like, no way, this is not real. And then I looked and I was like, yep, this is the blue check mark Ben Roethlisberger account. It follows me. And I was so shocked, but I also, I, I didn't want to like, I don't know. I didn't want to like uh, say anything to him, like thanking him or thanking whoever. I know that he has an someone who helps run the account. I didn't want to like overreact, but inside I was like screaming. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> I think kind of the coolest part with that is too, he tends to block people way more frequently than he actually mm-hmm. follows them. So that's yeah. uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how I avoided the the block hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. Hopefully that uh, can stay around for a while. Do any other uh, players on the team uh, follow you? Um, Kevin Dotson followed me. When he got drafted, I think he followed quite a few fans. Um, but I, I, I don't think, not off the, I can't remember anybody off the top of my head following me that's, that's played, that plays for the, the team. So I don't think so. Okay. Um, I guess stepping back a little bit uh, outside mm-hmm. of Twitter, how does someone from the UK end up being a Steelers fan? Um, you know, it's a far less interesting story than the ones I tell people on Twitter. I like to tell people 
get as extreme and weird as possible when people ask me this question because it's just more fun than the real story. I've told people like that I joined the Big Ben, the clock tower in London. I joined a fan club and I didn't want to, I was too embarrassed to admit my mistake when I realized it was the Ben Roethlisberger fan club. Um, so I usually tell people that, which always like is way more fun than the truth, which is that uh, I was very lucky that my dad really loves the NFL. He's actually a Cowboys fan. Oh, so I'm sorry. Yeah, so I am too. I almost disowned him, but I decided to keep <laughs> him around. But he raised, you know, I was, I was, as a kid, we really didn't get a lot of games, um, especially like when I was really young. And they're on at like one in the morning. So I would watch Cowboys games with him, but just never felt that like, I guess you call it like the butterflies or the spark. Like you, you, I don't know if that makes sense. They just didn't feel like my team. And then one day the Steelers played on TV in the UK and I was like, oh, I, who is this? Like I was kind of enamored by them right from the get go. I don't even really know why. I think it was a combination of things. And I decided like, if I'm going to pick a team, I'm going to do my research and learn as much about that team as possible before I say, yep, I'm definitely a fan of that team. So I did my research. I learned about the Roonies. I learned about the very storied history of the Steelers, which I know a lot of fans are really proud of. Um, and then I kind of like came out to my dad as a Steelers fan, and he was just happy that I liked sports. So he was like, I, I accept as long as you'd at least like the NFL, then then I'll, I'll support you on it. And he actually got me my first jersey. So he came around pretty quick. No, that's awesome. Well, now you just got to convert him to uh, get away from that team in Dallas. <laughs> I know. I'm trying, but he just won't. He won't change his ways. He's been a Cowboys fan for too long, so he's he's stuck in his ways. I guess I can support his dedication. <laughs> oh, you know, a lot of suffering as of late. So uh, dedication is admirable. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, are you not based out of the states currently? Is that uh, correct? I live in Florida now. Okay. Do you get out to uh, any games out there? I'm hoping that this season, I've only been in Florida for a couple of years, so I'm hoping that this season will be my first trip to Heinz Field. That, I I tell you what, I've only made the pilgrimage once, but uh, Mm -hmm. it is one thing you absolutely have to do. It's uh, one of the most amazing facilities. I feel like I, I have to do it. I have to say that I've been. Otherwise, uh, I, it's like a big puzzle piece that's missing in like my fandom, I guess, of a Steelers fan. I have to tick it off the list 100%. Uh, that sounds great. Um, I guess, uh, what, what are you most excited for heading into next season? I am most excited to have Big Ben back. I think it would be, I am interested to see if, having him will be the game changer that so many people hope it will be. Um, I'm also really excited for some comeback seasons. I want to see the offense have an opportunity this season to show the, the rest of the league that they are a dominating force and they, they are capable of big putting up big numbers and being, what's the word, being, you know, you, good in the, in the red zone and actually following through in the red zone and making and getting touchdowns. I would love, I really am looking forward to, to I'd like some high scoring games. We didn't really have a lot of high scoring games last season. Understandably, we were dealing with a lot of issues. I would really like to have some high scoring games this season. Uh, do you think the off season adi- uh, additions, especially on the offensive side, then uh, will help this team actually achieve that? 
I'm yeah, I think so. You know, I I like uh, Claypool. I think that was a really great uh, draft pick. I was excited about that. You can't go wrong with a six foot four wide receiver that's also fast. That's kind of like a unicorn. They don't come around too often. So I hope that he makes the impact. I think he will, and I'm excited to see what McFarland will do too. And of course, we also got some new uh, online guys. Obviously, Steve Wiz, who's a, a veteran, and then the new guy. Kevin, I'm really excited to see that. I know that we have a good O-line as it is, but it's good to have someone waiting in the wings, waiting in in second place for when those older linemen retire or or take start start taking less snaps. I would like to see them step up and, and hopefully make a difference and protect their elbow at all costs. <laughs> I like the sounds of that. Um, I guess one last question for you. Sure. Um, what is one thing that you'd want uh, the Steelers fan base to know about you? Oh, God, that's a really great question. The one thing that I would want the Steelers fan base to know about me Honestly, they probably anybody that follows me will already know this, but I'm a huge Choi Polamalu fan, and I encourage people to send me any and all Choi Polamalu stories, any memorabilia they have. I like I love looking at people's photos of all the cool memorabilia they have. There will never be enough Choi content in my life, so that's what I want the people to know. Please send it all my way. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. She is Ellie Finnerty at Ellie Finnerty on Twitter. Um, is there anything you want to plug before uh, we head out here? Honestly, I don't really have anything to plug, but um, they're just my Twitter, which you've already said. So I'm all good. <laughs> Perfect. Ellie, thank you so much. You're welcome. Now that should do it for the first ever live Mike podcast. I'm your host, Mike Beck. Now, if you do want to be featured on our fan spotlight, make sure to be following along and interacting with uh, Behind the Steel Curtain content. You can uh, always follow along at Facebook or at uh, Twitter uh, or just on the website. You can go ahead and follow along uh, Behind the Steel Curtain at BT Steel Curtain on Twitter. Um, also, go ahead and follow me. Um, we got some good stuff going up. I'm always uh, sharing my articles. You can find me on Twitter at MichaelBeck56. Um, it'd be exciting to have you along for the ride. And who knows, maybe you could just end up being the next fan spotlight. That will wrap things up. I will see you all next week with another episode of The Live Mike. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Michael Beck.